Growing up in Wisconsin, I became a Green Bay Packer fan at a very young age. Even before I really understood the game of football, I would wander, toddle maybe into the living room where Dad was watching the game and ask him if the Packers were winning. Everyone I knew supported the Packers. But when I was 18, I went off to college at the University of Minnesota. I'll tell you what effect that had coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life, friends, the show that's dedicated to offering you some encouragement and inspiration for today's part of your walk of faith. I'm Patrick Conley. So, yes, I moved to Minnesota for college. Some of you may be thinking that I shifted my NFL allegiance from the Packers to the Vikings, but no, although I did start following the Gophers and the Twins, I could not and didn't want to, quite frankly, get the green and gold out of my blood, even though I was now in the minority. What did happen, though, was that I learned something about Vikings fans. While Packers fans, in my experience, are generally optimistic, even when trailing late in the game, Vikings fans tend to be pessimistic. A couple of examples for you. I remember watching one Vikings game with some friends who were Vikings fans, and the Vikes had a narrow lead and the ball at the two-minute warning. As the broadcast went to commercial break, one of my friends piped up and said, eh, they've still got time to blow it. <laughs> An even more pessimistic comment came from another friend after the Vikes had lost their first game of the season. Well, he said, we'll get them next year. After the first game, we'll get them next year became a phrase I heard rather often during football season in Minnesota. And to be fair, I imagine most sports fans have used it at one time or another, although Packers fans usually wait until the Packers are definitively out of the playoffs. We'll get them next year. Takes a bit of the edge off of, well, it takes the edge off of ending a season with no trophy to show for it. It reminds us that there's hope. It's not all over forever. New year, new chance to do better. And I suppose the same is true for our lives. And that's why New Year's resolutions are so popular. New year, new chance to do better. Lose weight, get in shape, read more, spend more time with family and friends and less scrolling through social media. Watch less TV. While there's nothing magical about the 1st of January, it serves as a great opportunity to resolve to better your life, your physical, your intellectual, and your spiritual life. Today on the program, we're talking about spiritual resolutions for the new year. Joining us to guide our conversation is our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney. Father Dave holds a master's degree in marriage, family, and child counseling from the from USC, and he is currently the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. A Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, Father. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Patrick. Always good to be with you. And actually, I was a Green Bay Packer fan myself for some time. Nice. Because, yeah, because we didn't have a, an NFL team here in Los Angeles for a good number of years. So I huh. had my choice of any team to, to root for. And I chose the Packers because I watched a, a documentary on Vince Lombardi, ah. you know, for whom the uh, yep. Super Bowl trophy is named. <clears throat> and it turns out that he actually went to Mass every morning. Wow. Uh, and he actually served the Mass every single morning. And also is one of the few NFL, NFL teams that has never moved from one city to another. Yeah. So for those reasons, I just always had a very you know good place in my heart for for the Packers. Yeah, well, I appreciate you sharing that, Father. And uh, <clears throat> I 
I am tempted to uh, turn turn the topic of this show into uh, football and the Packers, <laughs> but I think that's probably not in the best interest of all the listeners. But exactly. <laughs> but um, we are talking about spiritual <clears throat> resolutions. You know, we'll get them next year. Well, it's next year. Now it's 2024, and uh, we have this opportunity to make these resolutions. And well, so maybe I should just ask you, what, what do you think we mean when we talk about making specifically spiritual resolutions for the new year? Well, I liked how you talked about that they're about hope. You know, when we make a resolution about the future, about ourselves in the future, we're saying that things can change, that things can be different, and things can be better. That is such a profound Catholic idea. Mm. You know, it's one of our theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. And so that idea that, you know, that there's something I can do to make make my life better uh, is a beautiful thing. And, and to do it, you know... On a one every every once in a while to make that happen, you know. We, so New Year's becomes the excuse to right. start the new year with with a new way of uh, uh, changing ourselves that we live a happier, a healthier, and especially a, a holier life mm. uh, by, by making some improvements in our life. And of course, always with God's help, always with His grace, um, always with His wisdom. And I think. Uh, you know, I think the first thing we do is we take an inventory, you know, what needs to change. I think that's a very beautiful act of humility. You know, we don't want to mm. kind of think of ourselves as I've arrived at perfection. There's always, if we take an honest look at ourselves, we can find areas of improvement, not for the purpose of punishing ourselves or putting ourselves down, but more like the Green Bay Packer optimism <laughs> that you were talking about that, <laughs> yep. uh, that, you know, wait till next year, you know, things will be different. I will, I will have a happier and a healthier and a holier life. So that kind of an exercise of making spiritual resolutions is very powerful, very ancient tradition in the church as well. And I'm glad we can talk about it today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that for many people, myself included, um, one of the chief ways that maybe they want to grow spiritually is by doing something with their prayer life, whether that's... Uh, adding more time for prayer. Maybe it's uh, engaging and learning different rote prayers. Maybe it's spending some time in mental prayer. But uh, maybe just in general and kind of on a on a theoretical level, why is it important to evaluate our prayer life from time to time? Because we get in a rut. We get into routine. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, things become kind of boring, and uh, they, they don't really uh, kind of attract our attention or our interest or excitement. And so it's good to reevaluate. Um, and, you know, to do it frequently is a good idea. Uh, if you wait too long, you know, they always say like a ship can just be a little bit off a of course when it leaves the harbor. But, you know, 10 days later, it's way, way off course. Sure. So, you know, uh, making spiritual resolutions is a good way of kind of reorienting ourselves, making sure we're on the right path. Am I doing things the right way? Am I, what is the level of my prayer life? And I think the early church had it really, really well. I, this was kind of what I talked about on the Feast of the Holy Family. Why is the Holy Family so holy? And I think the early church uh, saw that the, the way to do that is to go to Mass every day. Uh, we have reports from the Roman authorities that that's what these Christians did. So somehow these early Christians felt that even seven days, even going once a week was not enough, that they, they wanted to go every day to renew their commitment, their faith, their promises to our Lord. And I think that idea of renewal is just so, so powerful. So uh, what happens when we make spiritual re resolutions is we are renewing our life. We're taking a second look at ourselves, what needs mm -hmm. to be changed, what needs to be improved. 
and to um, especially make that in our relationship with God and, and how we pray and what kind of prayers do we say? How do we do them? How, what time of day do we do them? All those, taking a look at all of those and making the, the needed adjustments is yeah. just a great New Year's thing to do. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that sounds like a good suggestion. But going going back to what you said about we get in a rut, Father. Mm. Um, so how do we know that we're in a rut? I mean, what what signs would there be that yep we're in a rut in our prayer life here and something needs to change? Boring. I think when it, when, <laughs> when when prayer becomes when if if this if it becomes a chore, if it becomes a burden, mm-hmm. or if it's boring, or if it doesn't really excite us. Then I, that, that is a clear sign that we're off on the wrong path. I always love this line from Pope Benedict, and of course he didn't invent it, but he was famous for saying it, that the sign of the presence of Jesus in someone's life is joy, that someone is profoundly joy, joyful. Mm-hmm. Now, they could be going through hard times, they could be in, in sickness, uh, but the, deep down there is the sense of optimism and, and joy. So I think if we... If we have a sense, if we know that there's a certain time of day that we are going to engage in prayer, if we're looking forward to it, that's a good sign. If we're saying, oh, three o'clock, you know, what's this devotion now? So that's a sign that we need to to change. Uh, And of course, prayer is only one thing and one thing only, and that's speaking with our Lord. And if speaking with our Lord doesn't get you up and excited, then time for a reevaluation. So I think the number one way to know that our prayer life needs to be reevaluated is how do we feel about it? Do we feel about it as an obligation, a responsibility, a chore, a burden, or an, an opportunity to speak with an old friend, mm-hmm. an opportunity to speak with a close friend, a speak, an opportunity to speak with someone that we love? If we look at prayer that way, we're, we're doing great. If it's, if it's anything different, now is the time to reevaluate. Yeah, and it is a time, a great time to reevaluate, as you were just saying, Father, as it's the start of a new year here. Our spiritual director today, Father Dave Heaney, and we're talking about making spiritual resolutions for the new year. How about you? Have you made any resolutions for the new year, and are any of them about your faith? And what are they? We'd love to hear what they are. Maybe some, some of you have some very interesting, intriguing suggestions about how you are seeking to grow closer to the Lord here in 2024. Give us a call. Join the conversation on our toll-free studio line, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. The number again is 888 914 9149. You can also send us an email. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, I think one of the things that uh, that often happens in my life and in lives of many of many people that I know, Father, is that when we set these resolutions, man, we set them way too high, I think. It, it, I mean, there is a danger about that, isn't there? Setting ourselves up for failure. It is the most common thing that happens, I, I think. Okay. You know, I think it's, it is so, you know, because I, I think two things happen. People honestly say, you know what, I need to take a second look at my life. What am I doing? I'm going in the wrong direction. I'm not feeling joyful in prayer. That's all beautiful. They've done the right thing. They've taken that honest inventory about themselves. But then they make a really super grandiose pledge. Right. I will do this every single day. I will, you know, whether, whether it's something physical, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to pray two hours every day. I'm going to do this or that. <clears throat> so they, they, get, they get highly motivated to change, but then they set the goal way too high. Mm. And after a short period of time, they, they feel a sense of failure. 
because they were not able to live up to that promise. And by the way, the resolutions that we make are promises that we make to ourselves. So it's not a sin if we break them. It's disappointing. It's frustrating. It can be, you know, sadness, but it's not a sin. So that's, yeah. that's I think that's important to put out there. Uh, so if you do set something <clears throat> really grandiose for yourself and, and, and you fail, um, it's not something that you have to go to confession about, but it is something to reevaluate. Okay. So I always yeah. say, number one, you know, if, if two things happen, one, you've taken an honest evaluation of yourself and realized there's places that you need to change. Then the second honest evaluation of yourself is, what is your ability to change? Wow. You know, how much can you really turn your ship around? How many degrees can you make that ship move in a different direction? That takes some really, really good, honest, <clears throat> honest self-evaluation. So, uh, again, this, this whole process of spiritual resolutions always begins with honesty. What do I need to change? And what can I possibly change realistically um, in my life? So, if you now, one way you can do this, <clears throat> if you have a big goal, you can break it into smaller goals okay. um, that are much more easily accomplished. And that's really very powerful because every time that you accomplish a goal, God designed us in such a way that we feel great. We just feel wonderful. We feel powerful. We feel successful. We've, we've set a goal and we met it. And God designed us to just feel so wonderful about that. So maybe you have a big goal that you want to have accomplished. Break it into smaller goals um, and time so that, you know, so for instance, let's say, you, you know, one of the goals I set is that I want to do a lot more spiritual reading. Yeah, right. Okay, so I said, okay, that's a big goal. But then I make it very very practical and concrete, and I say, I'm going to read for one hour a day. Mm. Um, now, that's something I can accomplish. I can pick any hour of the day that I want to do that. Uh, as the pastor of a parish, I do have a lot more control over my schedule. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, so that it's very concrete, it's very practical, it's doable. Uh, if it turns out that that's too much, Bring it down to half an hour. That's no okay. problem. You know, make it. So yeah. the whole thing is designed around honesty and authenticity. What do I really need to change? What am I capable of changing? How could, and can I really accomplish this, this goal? So I think those are things that we just have to have in place as we make our spiritual resolutions. Okay, very good. Let's go to the phones now. Dean is calling in from Stockton, California. Dean, Happy New Year. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. I'd like to keep it simple as a foundational goal for the whole year. Remain in a state of grace. <laughs> that is about as big a goal as you can possibly get. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. So let's, but I think, you know, it's, what's important there is to keep it practical. What does that actually mean in actual behavior? So, you know, one of the ways that you can think about that is, what are the things that happen in your life that get you out of the state of grace? You know, is it interactions with people? Is it interactions with family? Uh, is it is it personal health issues? So, you know, looking at it carefully, like what what's the enemy? What's the danger here? What's what gets you out of the state of grace by focusing on those and saying, let's say it's it's uh, somebody in your family that always irritates you, and that kind of gets you up and mad and angry. <clears throat> so, a, res a resolution could be, I'm always going to initiate a kind statement to this person first. 
when I meet this person, the first thing that's going to happen is I'm going to say something positive. If it goes south after that, that can happen. But that's a practical resolution that gets you off on the right path uh, before this person derails you. Mm. What, you know, what gets people upset is driving on the freeway. And so what gets you out of the state of the grace is frustrations of driving. So a good resolution is when I get in the car, before I start the engine, I'm going to say a prayer to be at peace. So those are, those are ways of taking that beautiful goal that you had, Dean, of being in a state of grace and breaking it down into, into doable, practical steps that will, that will help you accomplish that most beautiful goal of all. I hope that helps, Dean. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, does that, does that help, Dean? I mean, do you have some of these practical, <laughs> doable steps, Dean? Uh, yes, but I appreciate I appreciate that very much. Um, but yeah, I think you know regular confession. Uh, I do go to daily mass, um, praying the rosary. Great. Um, but then, of course, sure. just the, the ability to discern and to um, do a state of, um, an examine of conscience and and put those things that are very practical into in practice. Sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good deal. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Dean. Thank, Thank you. you for the phone call. We're talking today about making spiritual resolutions for the new year. What are some of the things that you would like to grow in in terms of your relationship with the Lord and the Church and Our Lady and uh, all yeah, all the wonderful things that our faith has given us? How do you want to deepen your faith, deepen your walk with the Lord? Give us a call. Let us know what you're planning on doing. Maybe share them with somebody else. and Somebody else might have exactly that same idea. So we'd love to hear from you at 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to take our first break, but we've got more of the show coming up with our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Hey, and if you happen to be online, either through the app or through uh, through your laptop, your computer, your tablet, wherever you are, why don't you hop on over to RelevantRadio.com slash encounter and view Father Rocky's latest Eucharistic encounter video, you know, in this year of the Eucharistic revival, these years of the Eucharistic revival, but also we are now in the year of the Eucharistic Congress coming up this July um, we've been doing, Father Rocky's been doing these weekly videos, stories about the Eucharist. And this one, not once, not twice, but three times he witnessed God doing some pretty amazing things with the weather related to the Eucharist. So head on over, relevantradio.com slash encounter and check that out. We're talking today about making spiritual resolutions for the new year with our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney. Father Dave, uh when when I'm thinking about this, I mean, obviously, these are things that we can do as individuals making these resolutions. But I'm thinking that maybe families should make resolutions uh, as a family to do, grow in their spiritual life together. Any thoughts about that? Well, I think we first have to recognize that the families, families are made up of different kinds of people, you know, mother, father, brothers and sisters and, and everybody at a different age. 
So I think uh, resolutions really have to be kind of age-specific, age-appropriate, age-realistic, I think, is the main thing. Sure. You know, we, don't, we don't ask children to do something that only an adult can do, and we don't expect an adult to do something that a child can do. So it should be age-specific, age-directed. So I think a lot of thought, I think the parents can put a lot of thought into it. You know, what about this child? What about that child? Um, and then... To engage the child to see if the child him, him or herself can also engage in that process of honest self-evaluation. Asking each child, you know, <clears throat> how do you think that you could be better this year? How do you think that you could be happier this year, healthier? How do you think you could be holier this year? And kind of get some suggestions and recommendations from them. And that could be just a beautiful topic of conversation um, and again, it's all very positive. It's all very hopeful because it's about a better future. Um, you know, and, and it could also surface uh, areas, things that you may, the parents might even know about. You know, I'm, there could be some underlying tension between these two siblings, between a brother and sister that comes out when you, when you ask one, you know, how can the next year be better? And then you could hear something about their relationship with each other that can be kind of a good source for the parents to know what they, how things have to change in the family. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, one of the things that makes any family healthy is conversation. You know, love comes from talking. And when people are talking intimately and meaningfully with each other, the relationship grows uh, deeper. And so I think, uh, you know, talking about the future, how can the, and it's just a beautiful way of start. How can this next year be better? Mm-hmm. Just gets everybody thinking on a more hopeful line, a more positive way, uh, and then the parents can help guide it to be practical. You know, so how can you make that happen on a daily basis, little Johnny? How can you do that on a daily basis, Susie? You know, and so slowly this kind of conversation can come up with <clears throat> some pad and pencil sentences. You know, I'm going to do this this week. I'm going to do this this week. And so it can be just a beautiful exercise uh, that respects the age of each person, the personality of each person. And always, I think, um, the, the, the parents should always be aiming at practicality. Nothing grandiose, nothing vague. I'm going to be nicer next year. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know. Right. Um, so how does nicer look? What, what does it mean to be nicer? Well, I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to use profanity. Mm. I'm not going to, you know, call someone names. So those are practical things that you know whether they happen or they don't, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a very clear de- demarcation. So uh, it's a beautiful exercise. All of it's surrounded by positive and hope. Um, and also just, you know, you just parents get to know a lot about their children and children get to know more about their parents and this kind of conversation about how to make life happier, healthier, and and holier in the new year. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. one of the things when you were talking about conversation being such a staple element of building fam- family relationships and uh, that that in and of itself could be there could be some very uh, recognizable and attainable goals. It strikes me, you know, whether it's, you know, we're we're going to resolve to have dinner as a family, yeah. or, you know, one more time a week or something like that, and depending on, of course, age of the kids and such, but uh, or leave the cell phones off the dinner table or, you know, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that is, I, I've always said, sometimes people ask me, they know it, that I have this degree from USC on marriage and family. And yeah. I've always been interested in, you know, family life and the Catholic faith. They often ask me, like, if there's one thing that we can do 
that is the that is the one practice that really has the biggest effect. I always say it's the family dinner or a family meal together. Mm. If you can do it every night, great. If you can do it at least once a week, that's that's fine. Uh, but the, the idea of people from different ages, different personalities, all sitting down and doing this very primordial human thing of eating a meal, which is what our Lord did at the Last Supper. You know, he could have done anything that you know towards the end of his life to make the faith more more uh, connected to his disciples, and he chose a meal. He chose to gather with his people at a Last Supper. And I'm sure that they had the most meaningful conversation you can imagine, uh, knowing what was happening the next day. And uh, and then, of course, that's the place when he chose to give us the sacrament of the Eucharist. So, yeah. you know, it's a very primordial thing. Uh, if you can do it, great. I understand if it's, a, if it's difficult, but if it's maybe just breakfast in the morning before school, uh, maybe a special lunch on a Saturday or Sunday, special dinner once a week, and then allowing everyone to talk. And respecting everyone's opinion um, is just a very, very powerful family dynamic that really is uh, powerful. And, of course, resolutions can either be a resolution to do more of something or less of something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously less profanity, less name-calling, less temper tantrums, more kindness, you know, more presence, being present to the family, not always being away. And the family dinner, of course, is just extremely powerful. Those families that do it know what I'm talking about. If you haven't done it yet, that's a great resolution to make for families. Yeah, yeah. very good. Our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, talking to us about building family relationships as a good spiritual resolution for a family to make here in this new year. We're talking about spiritual resolutions today. What are things that you have resolved to do this year to help you draw closer to the Lord? Or maybe you have questions about how you can better fulfill some of your spiritual resolutions or what resolutions even to make. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Let's go back to the phones now. Teresa is calling in from Southern California. Teresa, welcome to the Inner Life. Blessings, uh, Blessed New Year is to you and all relevant listeners and staff. And, of course, if we're blessed, we're happy. Um, my challenge this year is, first of all, I've got a great God life. I'm a widow alone, and I, I like living in silence and i talk to god all the time so there's no problem with that my biggest problem is i'm 82 and my mother's mantra it takes me so long to do so little all my sins of neglect i am add and i've got all these ideas that keep me going and therefore i mean no schedule no schedule i'm like a butterfly and this one, and I belong to Toastmasters. And the next speech I have to do after the one this Friday is time management. Mm. And to me, that is so scary because I'm a butterfly, and it's almost like imprisoning. The thought is like imprisoning me. And so this morning I said to the Lord, "Okay, Lord, uh, you know I'll get more organized in, in you know my time management." And my phone binged. And so I thought, that's how we got to talk to you. <laughs> that's very good, <laughs> Teresa. How about that, Father? How about time management as a resolution? That's probably the most universal, one of the most universal ones of all, of everyone, because, you know, they'd like to do things. And, and almost all resolutions involve, most resolutions involve doing more of something. And then there's the issue of, you know, do I have time to do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Teresa, that's interesting. I, did Toastmasters give you that topic? Did they assign that topic to you? 
Actually, we have what is called pathways. I joined it at age 77. It's been so great for the brain. And also, it gave me my mission. And so one of the, we have pathways. And I, I chose leadership because I have a penny mission, which I want to take out to all the churches. It's a, um, okay, so anyway, uh, part of the, 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 the process of the pathway is different steps. And so I have to complete step two, which is this week will be um, leadership styles. And then next time I've chosen time management. So in order to complete that pathway, I have to do, you know, I have to get a five to seven minute speech on time management. Okay. So, you know, there's an old axiom um, in humanity that says, if you really want to learn something, teach it. Because if you have to explain it to someone else, if you have to teach these ideas to an audience, it finally becomes clear to you. Uh, teachers all know that. If you really want to learn something, if you really want to understand something, try to explain it to another human being in a way that, it, that is intelligible. So I think giving a speech on time management uh, for you will be a wonderful way for you to really understand it well and to see how it can be applied in your life in a practical way that that makes your day, you know, just go better. So I think Toastmasters itself, you know, always, you know, in, inviting people to learn the skills of public speaking, whatever topic you're speaking on, um, because you've had to explain it to an audience. And of course, Toastmasters has certain criteria and, you know, kind of explaining things in a, in a, in a good way, in a clear way, in an understandable way. It'll become understandable to you. I will bet after you give that speech, you will have better time management than you had before you gave the speech. And so uh, I think you have something to look forward to, and I think that you will, you will learn some great wisdom about how you can apply time management to your life right now. Yeah. Teresa, thank you for the phone call. Thank you for being part of our conversation today on spiritual resolutions for the new year. If you have a suggestion of a spiritual resolution, give us a call at 888-914-9149 or a question about how you might grow in a particular aspect of your spiritual life. 888-914-9149 is our number. Well, Father, as we're, as we're continuing to talk about that, I mean, time management is definitely in the realm, I think, for many of us that we want yeah. to... Uh, we want to improve on that. I know that that's certainly something there. But it, it seems like um, that is, too, just like everything else you've been saying, that needs some some honest evaluation about, well, where am I maybe not using my time as well as I could be using it? Yeah. <clears throat> and why is it that I'm doing this rather than that? Right. Uh, and it really comes down to interest. And, uh, you know, we don't want to, we don't, if the spiritual life, really is becoming a burden or a chore, it really is going to fall last on the list and it's going to fall off the list even sometimes. So looking, you know, what are the things that excite us? What are the things that interest us? We tend to, you know, find time for those things. Uh, we tend to, you know, use that. So, but an honest reevaluation of, you know, looking at my 24 hours and, you know, what am I doing with the 24 hours that every single person on the planet has? Everybody, everybody has the same 24 hours. How am I using it myself? And where I'm, where I'm spending a lot of my time is an indicator of what I find interesting, what I find, you know, valuable. And that's an avenue, a road to self-understanding. Why is it that it's this and not that? And, and again, I think if we just reevaluate prayers as speaking with a loved one, speaking with someone that we care about, someone who cares about us, uh, Jesus, 
that can change the way that we look at prayer and, and make it more attractive, make it more um, inviting and something that we, something that we do more. So yeah. um, I think all of those, uh, all of those things are all about what's going on right now is this kind of reevaluation and making all these beautiful resolutions. And of course the goal is always to make ourselves happier, healthier, and holier. Yeah, happier, healthier, and holier. That's what we're out and after here in the inner life on all of Relevant Radio, of course, and as well as in 2024. How are we going to become happier, happier, healthier, and holier with our spiritual resolutions? Well, Father, um, let's turn mm-hmm. our focus to the parish now, too. And uh, as a pastor, I'm I'm sure that you have lots of people who are <laughs> making suggestions, making resolutions on your behalf, perhaps, on how the parish might grow in its in its uh, in its spiritual life. But um, you know, many times I think sometimes uh, that these parishioners could give some of their time to help that come about. So, what are good ways that we might resolve to help our parishes out? I think. Uh... You know, first, I think, first of all, when someone comes to me, you know, with some type of a comment about things, how things are going. Yeah. um, I have learned a long time ago to value that, to appreciate it, because number one, it shows interest. You know, if you don't care about the parish and something is going on that you don't like, but you don't care, you just go home. Right. But if but if you really care about what's going on, then you might comment on it. So I, I think the first thing is I always appreciate the motivation that somebody sees something they don't like uh, and so they comment on it. And I, I look at that as interest. And so I, I tr- now I also recognize that not everybody is a Winston Churchill in oratory, that not everybody can speak well. <laughs> True enough, yeah. <laughs> and they may be nervous. You know, they're coming to the pastor to say something. They could be nervous. Maybe it's, so it may come across as inarticulate. It may come across as sharp or maybe blunt, Um so I, I kind of ignore that, and I try to find out what is the kernel here, what's the core of what they're saying. Okay. But I think number one is I appreciate the interest. Uh, and then um, I always say, uh, and so I always thank them for the opinion. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I hadn't seen that, or thanks for letting me know. And then I always try to move it in this direction. I don't expect an answer, but I just try to say it. I'll say, what would you suggest? What do you think we can do? And that gets them in a problem-solving mode and makes them think more positively about, you know, how it can change. And also, I'm engaging them. I'm seeking their opinion. I think that gives them a sense of honor that I, can, I think their opinion is worthy. Um, and, it, and it can make the conversation, you know, become a, po- a positive way of looking at things. I think those are those are... Those are things that I do. I try to think, I always try to think of the parishioner as being interested, which is a good thing, and then, um, and then share ideas about solution. But then realistically, I'll say, you know, maybe we can make that change. Maybe we can't. I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't make any false promises about, you know, what can happen. Um, so anyway, again, you know, we, we kind of began by talking about resolutions as kind of a sign of hope. For the future. And so if somebody's coming up to me and saying something about the parish, I I kind of take it in the same way that they're looking, how can this parish be happier, healthier, and holier? And if you change this thing or you change that thing, then Father, this will this will happen. And so I I try to take it in that positive mood and um, and also move it quickly into solutions. What are what's the 
What's the answer? Sure. Sounds good yeah. to me, Father. We're yeah. speaking with Father Dave Heaney about making spiritual resolutions for the new year. Again, if you have something to share, if you've made a resolution that uh, you think will help you grow in your spiritual life, uh, share it with others. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We're going to head into our next break, but we got more of the show coming up after this these few messages, and we'll be back with more of Spiritual Resolutions with our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Back to the inner life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Angus are taking your phone calls today. And to our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, we're talking about making spiritual resolutions for the new year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, many things that we've been talking about, Father, and, and I like it that, uh, obviously, you know, prayer, when we're talking about spiritual resolutions, prayer oftentimes jumps up to the top of the list. Um, but there are so many other things, too. And I'm thinking specifically about, like, our finances, too. I mean, it might be a good time to resolve to do something a little bit better, more generous. I don't know, with our finances. Maybe it's regarding tithing. Maybe it's, uh, you know, in service to the impoverished or something like that. Uh, any thoughts about how to how to make resolutions about our money? Sure. I think the first thing to think about money is the Catholic view of money. And the Catholic view of money is the power to do something good. That's what money is. It's, it's a power. But the Catholic view of donations are this is money that will do something good for the kingdom of God. I think if you look at money that way, it's not like you're losing something. It's not like you're giving something away, but you're making something happen for the goodness of the kingdom of God. And that's what all the Catholic charities, all the different ones do, or whatever charity that you're giving. If it's making the world a happier, healthier, holier place, then what your money is doing is is making that possible. It's the power to do something good. Now, you know, once you give, once you, I'm sure people know this, that when you give to one charity, very often your name somehow ends up on every other charity's <laughs> list as well. I'm, I'm betting people know that, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden you find yourself getting, you know, a letter a day uh, for all beautiful causes, all beautiful and noble charities. Every one of them, you know, I don't want to disparage any of them. I'm sure they're all doing something good. They found out that you gave to charity A, and now they're asking if you can give to us as well. So, Sometimes people feel guilty about that. They feel it's a burden. They, they feel like, the, like an obligation to give to every single one. And I don't think that's right. So one of the ways of starting this idea of charitable giving is just actually, believe it or not, is to start with yourself. What mm. projects do you like? What appeals to your heart? What makes you excited? What, what are you interested in? Is it health? Then maybe you'll give to hospitals or you know, things that deal with health. Is it poverty? Maybe you'll give to St. Vincent de Paul or Catholic Charities. Is it education? You might give to the local Catholic school. So start with yourself. What is it that you are interested in? What are the things that you want to make happen in the world? And so your money should go in that direction to fulfill your wishes. 
In fact, in the donation world, we talk about the wishes of the donor. What does the donor want to have happen? That's actually a legal contract, um, mm. and it can't be changed. So if a donor gives money for a certain project, the money by law must go to that project and can't do anything else. So a good way to think about donations is what do you want to make? How do you want to make a difference in the world? What do you want to happen? What do you want to have happen? Now, as an example, two things that I'm really interested in is world affairs. I, I've, I'm much more interested in what's going on around the world, um, you know, than sometimes even locally here. Uh, I'm interested in what's going on in the Middle East, you know, in the Russia-Ukraine war, in, in Europe. And so uh, I give to a Catholic charity that is involved in charities around the world. Uh, the other thing I'm really interested in is the Holy Land. I go to the Holy Land every year on an archaeological tour. Yeah. This, this June will be my 20th trip. Wow. I love going. So I'm very interested in the Holy Land. So I give to a Catholic charity that supports the Catholic Church in the Holy Land. So I know that what I want to have happen is I want Catholic charities around the world to be effective, you know, when there's a disaster, a hurricane, or an earthquake, or I want to take care of the Catholic Church in the Holy Land. Mm. And so I'm very, I don't feel any sense of burden donating to these to these groups. I don't feel like I'm losing anything. I feel like I'm helping to make something happen. So start with yourself. What are the areas that you're interested in? What kind of good works do you want to have happen? And then find the, uh, the charity that does that. And of course, you know, I always recommend your local parish. You want your local parish to do well. Uh, that's the one that you go to every week. And so I would always put that as a priority uh, so that because you want the, the sacraments and you want the kingdom of God to happen in your local community so you can help make that happen. That's the way to think about it is what do you want to make happen and your money is the power to do something beautiful for God. Mm-hmm. Well, we at Relevant Radio have certainly seen that, that uh, and we yeah. rely on it, of course, you know, that uh, so many people are so generous with us, and they're generous, I'm sure, with their local parishes, as you were just saying. By the way, I'm, I can just throw in there, Father Dave, that you are the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California, in case anybody wants to give to that <laughs> parish as well. Right? <laughs> and also, let me tell you that I'm a, I'm a monthly contributor to Relevant Radio. Uh, there we go. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your generosity and the generosity of, of all of our listeners. We're grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's doing something good, bringing Christ to the world through the media. That's what we're all about here at Relevant Radio. And today on The Inner Life, we are talking about making spiritual resolutions for the new year. Our phone number, if you'd like to get in on the conversation, is 888-914-9149. Well, we talked about money. Um, we talked about specifically a prayer, and we've talked about conversations and families. We've talked about many things that might be good targets. What other spiritual elements or spiritual activities do you think might be worthy of a resolution? I'm thinking of things like daily mass, uh, confession, maybe even spiritual direction. All good. Uh, one, absolutely. If you know, the, if you have an opportunity, if you have the abil- ability. Uh, to go to Mass more often during the week. I certainly recommend that. Uh, confession is always a good uh, exercise. Uh, you know, confession is required for mortal sins. Venial sins are forgiven at Mass. But it's also a beautiful exercise to do an examination of conscience and, and go to confession, um, even for venial sins. One thing I think is a really very important thing, especially I think now, today, in this time and age, is to grow in knowledge of the faith. Hmm. 
Uh, I think everybody, I think it should be required that every single Catholic in the country has the catechism. Um, the catechism is a beautiful book. It doesn't have to be read from page one to page, you know, whatever it is, 500. It's, you can read, read it episodically. If, some, if a question comes up, you can find it in the catechism and get a very clear answer for it. I think knowledge of our faith is just really, really important. Uh, it keeps you steady. It gives you a sense of confidence uh, that your faith is something that's going to make you happier, healthier, and holier. Mm. So I think a beautiful resolution, um, besides added prayer, is added knowledge. Mm -hmm. Reading the catechism. And I, I think you can do that also. Maybe reading is not your thing. Maybe watching videos is. There's tons of great YouTube videos. You can watch Bishop Barron's Word on Fire. Go to the relevant radio website. There's a lot of educational resources there. Um, yeah. And, of course, just listening to the radio. Uh, Father Mike Schmitz. Um, and so I think growing in age and wisdom and grace is a very important thing. It's the way we describe our Lord's life before his public ministry. And I think it's just really a very, very rewarding um, resolution is to grow in knowledge of our faith, either by watching videos, as I mentioned, mm -hmm. listening to the radio, relevant radio, or reading the catechism. The more that you learn about our faith, the more, really the happier it makes you feel mm -hmm. because you understand what's going on. I do like that. I do like that suggestion. And, and mm -hmm. I think you may be right about that. It's particularly in this day and age that, uh, that uh, it seems like can, there's a less and less of a general knowledge of what the, what the faith is, even some of the basics of the faith. Um, yeah. stumble across that even in some of the, some of the children that I interact with and teach and that sort of thing. So I think it's a great resolution to, to make for this new year for 2024. If you have a uh, suggestion, too, of something that you would recommend people might want to consider as a spiritual resolution for 2024, we've got a bit of time left. You can give us a call at 888-914-9149. Um, let's go back to the family. I, just a couple more questions, maybe one more question about that, Father. Okay. Is specifically talking, I'm, I'm thinking about children and, um, and helping them to develop, maybe young children especially, helping them to develop good spiritual habits so they can begin to, you know, grow and expand their spiritual life from a younger age? So, you know, very simply and very quickly, I will say the number one thing that parents can do for their children is good example. Parent, the children are looking at their parents. They're watching how they behave. They're, they're watching what they do. And so um, if you have an example of daily prayer or daily spiritual practices, that's very powerful. And then explain it to them. Why are you doing what you're doing? Kids uh, like to know why. Yeah. And again, that whole thing about education, they like to know what's the reason why we do something. And older kids especially, the older they get, the more explanation is needed. And so that's why, you know, your resolution about watching, you know, reading the catechism and watching videos, growing in your knowledge of the faith is very powerful. Then you have something to say to your kids. Mm -hmm. Never ignore their questions. Never discount their questions. Uh, send them to a place. If you can't answer yourself, send them to a place where they can find it. And there's a wealth of good Catholic sources of information now. There should be no excuse, you know, why someone doesn't understand something because there's so many places where we can get wisdom about it. I think also is to be concrete with kids, not abstract. So it's not so much like, you know, pray more, but say morning prayer. Say mm -hmm. a prayer before you go to sleep. 
And then, of course, the, the classic one is, is grace before meals. So when we say we want to pray more in our family, it really has to be specific, you know, morning prayer, evening prayer, grace before meals, a prayer before getting in the car, a prayer upon arriving at your destination. These are practical, concrete things that make our spiritual life vivid and visible uh, to our kids. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great suggestion, and I I do like that that making it making it visible, and then as you were saying, Father, to explain it why why are you doing this? You know, yeah. um, I think that's a that's a fantastic, and I'll just throw in a plug too, um, especially if kids may be a bit older and may have uh, a little bit more well-developed attention span. Don't forget about the Family Rosary Across America every night. Actually, right now, that's being offered at 8 a.m. from the Seek Conference live. Father Rocky is there to uh, offer it the, from from the Seek Conference that's going on right now. So you can tune in tomorrow for that at 8 a.m. Um, yeah, so in all of this, Father, I guess as we get to kind of the last couple minutes of the show here, Best way to keep these spiritual resolutions? I mean, we talked about, you know, it's not a sin if we happen to not follow through with them, but it's something that's cause for reevaluation. But any suggestions on keeping our spiritual resolutions beyond what you've already said? I think make sure that the resolutions are realistic, that they're practical, that there's something that you can possibly do. But I think the number one thing that makes a resolution last more than a week is to renew it every day, is to revisit it every day. To maybe to write it out on a pad by your nightstand, in the bathroom mirror, uh, in your car dashboard. Uh, if you revisit it each and every day, it is more likely to happen and, mm-hmm. and not to be forgotten. I always like the image of a resolution is like a, a shallow river, but each day more water goes down that shallow channel and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and it mm-hmm. becomes irrevocable. So uh, revisit your resolutions every day. I think that was the insight of the early church to go to mass every day so that they could revisit their promises to God and revisit God's promises to them. Uh, So one day at a time, always revisiting it every day makes that resolution powerful. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Father, this has been a great conversation, and I've had a few things go through my mind. I said, oh, okay, now it's, and I guess we should say that, that it's true, it's not the 1st of January anymore, but you know what? We're only a few days in, and it's never a bad time to make these sorts of resolutions. So Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I am uh, I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to write down these resolutions. I'm going to revisit them every day. Thank you for being our spiritual director today, Father. May we have a blessing from you. Heavenly Father, you make all things new. Thank you for the grace and help you give us each day to renew ourselves. And we make this prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, if you would like to uh, maybe give this another listen and have some consideration as to how you might grow in your spiritual life, you can find us at relevantradio.com slash inner life and all the past shows that we've had. It's a great reading list that came up from, from our show yesterday, too. So check that out as well. Coming up next, if you can't make it to Daily Mass today, you can listen to it. Father Rich Geschel is leading us through the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And tomorrow, we're going to be talking about examination of conscience. So it flows on very well from what we were just talking about with our spiritual director, Father Rob joining us tomorrow. Hope you can join us for that. Until next time, friends, grace and peace.